1981 award-winning film Gallipoli, starring Mel Gibson and Mark Lee, brings the story of two runners from Western Australia as they enlist to serve in the First World War. Joining me to discuss the impact of the film, the campaign and the broader Anzac myth is Dr Richard Dunley, Senior History Lecturer in the UNSW School of Humanities and Social Sciences in Canberra. Richard researches British naval and strategic policy, British diplomatic history, propaganda and military technology development. Importantly, Richard had not previously uh, seen the film and was born and raised in Britain, which gives us a unique opportunity to examine the film from a different perspective, where the First World War is remembered differently. Good morning, Richard. Morning. Thank you for joining me to discuss the film. We'll get straight into it. First of all, what did you think of the film? Do you have any favourite moments? If I'm honest, I wasn't a huge fan. Um, it felt really kind of cliched um, to, to me. Uh, I did like bits of it. Um, I quite liked the, some of the early part, um, and I actually thought the, um, the sort of the running race and the stuff in country Western Australia um, seemed quite uh, genuine and quite realistic. Other bits I had real issues with. Um, the, the scene in Cairo in particular, um, I think, is, is really problematic in, in many ways, looking at it now. But, um, uh, yeah, so a sort of a, a bit of a mixed bag. Yeah, and is that something that you were expecting, or did that sort of surprise you? From what I, I know of the film, I think a lot of it um, uh, I was expecting. Although, to be honest, I was actually quite surprised as to the degree to which... Um, seems to push certain myths and narratives um i i thought it would be perhaps a, a slightly better reflection i was also actually really surprised as to how little there is actually in gallipoli um i don't know why having not seen the film i was quite surprised to get sort of almost halfway through and still be in australia and um that wasn't really my image of what the film was going to be about yeah right and coming from that british background does the broader commemoration of the Gallipoli campaign in general surprise you, or it it's really really surprising from a um, I think from a northern European or northern hemisphere European perspective generally, but and certainly from a, a British perspective, it's it is so very very different. Um, the difference between, for example, Anzac Day, which has this sort of very solemn um, uh, sort of commemoration element at the beginning and then everyone goes off to the pub and plays tour um it's just so different to how uh something like remembrance sunday in in the uk and and in in northern europe more generally which is it stays as that kind of very solemn day in which you you reflect and you think on things um and it doesn't have any of the well it doesn't have anything like as much of the nationalistic uh elements to it um, and that really plays in, in I think, the, the Gallipoli campaign generally. Um, and I'm also always quite taken by how Gallipoli is actually only a very small part of Australian First World War experience, but comes to dominate the myths and, and the narratives um, and how we, we imagine and view uh, uh, the war, certainly here, which is, is again, something that, that, that's interesting uh, reflecting back on on why yeah absolutely and going on that anzac myth what elements of the myth actually come through in the film to you oh i think there's loads of it um so obviously the kind of the the larrikinism um and the the, the um uh, events i talked about briefly in in cairo where they sort of um 
uh, they try and stick two fingers up to a couple of British officers riding around. Yeah. Um, all of those sorts of things that, that absolutely play into, into that myth. Also, this idea of sort of mateship, which is a, a huge part of um, the sort of the imagined um, Anzac story, even down to the idea of them sort of uh, um, Mel Gibson's character changing unit because he happened to have a mate somewhere else. Yeah. Um, all of these sorts of things that, that seem kind of ridiculous when yeah. viewed from, from many perspectives, but really play up on, on these um, uh, Anzac myths. The one that notably doesn't come through is, is the sort of the idea of the Australian as the born soldier. Um, obviously, at the very end, basically everyone dies, yeah, um, and they don't really do any yeah. actual fighting. Um, so that, that one is, is, I guess, the um, the element of that myth that, that really doesn't come through, which, again, I think is, is interesting to, to sort of play with, think about. Yeah, and compared to propaganda being developed for the Allies uh, across the First World War, is this uh, unique to Australia, or is this something that you see in other elements as well? I mean, I think you just you wouldn't see anything remotely like this. Um, obviously, from a basic perspective, um, film technology at the time was very new, all sorts of other things. Um, but the imagery in in this film is simply not something that, that you would have seen at the time. Um, Australian soldiers were presented as being sort of loyal um, servants of empire. Um, and obviously um, the, the famous things like the, the posters of, of the, the big lion, which is Britain, and then sort of her cubs coming back to support the lion. Um, that type of imagery is used um, throughout. Uh, and it's not only British propaganda, it's also when Australians talk about what they're doing, uh, it's very much framed within that imperial context. Yeah, and that imperial context is obviously in the history very important in uh, the Dardanelles campaign. But in the film, there's not a whole lot to do with other nations. How do you feel about that? So, again, it's it's very much... The film is, I, I guess, best seen as, as a film of the myth rather than a film as the, of the reality. Um, as, as, as we know, uh, Australians were actually only a relatively small part of the forces uh, deployed in Gallipoli. Um, the British get a, a mention... Um, particularly in the, the scene where they're saying British troops are landing at Suvla. Um, but the main role for Brits in the film is, is as sort of the sort of the evil officer character um, or the incompetent and evil officer. Uh, but Indian soldiers are very notable by their absence. Um, the French, one would have no concept that the French were, were there. Um, and even the Kiwis um, are, are, are largely missing from this Anzac um, that there's a sort of a silent NZ in the middle of Anzac. Yeah, which is interesting given that in you know contemporary times, uh, the Anzac myth is very much inclusive of the New Zealand contingent. Um, so yeah, that, that is interesting. And talking about other military experiences, um, obviously the Dardanelles is primarily a naval campaign. Um, so do you think that was depicted well in the film? Or So again, it that doesn't really register. There's a talk a little bit about sort of naval guns and, and there's a, a, a few pictures of them sort of rowing ashore. Um, but other than that, uh, you wouldn't really have any notion that this is uh, primarily a... Well, in, in modern parlance, it's a joint operation, right? The army is there to facilitate the navy. Um, and it's actually it's a follow-on operation from the initial naval push. Um, but again, that 
that element of it doesn't come through. Um, I guess that's not really what the film's aiming to be about, uh, so it, it sort of glosses over lots of that, um, which is, is again, not surprising considering what they're trying to achieve, but from a historical perspective is obviously problematic. And the Anzac myth as a whole, do you feel like that acknowledges the naval service in Gallipoli as well? Or do you think that's also absent from the myth as well as the film? Well, I mean, obviously the Australian contingent um, at the Dardanelles is relatively limited. Um, but I think more broadly, it's it's widely acknowledged, even by the contemporary Royal Australian Navy, that one of the big problems for them is that there is no or much less public consciousness of the role the navy do because all of australian sort of the imagery of of the australian defense force and and australian service in war is framed through land campaigns and largely through gallipoli and then to a lesser extent the western front um and i guess uh, in sort of the second world war things like kokoda but none of the um naval uh, sort of campaigns or, or particular battles or events really cut through and register in the same kind of, of way in, in popular consciousness. Yeah, and talking about the British perspective on commemorating World War One, is that similar in terms of how they view World War One through the land battle perspective, or is that also more inclusive of, of naval? No, so it is very heavily um, uh, sort of land-focused. Um, I would say that, that my my phrase about how the Britain contemporary Britain views the First World War is mud, blood, and trenches. Um, it's very much focused on the Battle of the Somme uh, as this kind of iconic moment, a little bit like Gallipoli um, here in Australia. But uh, the the difference is that there's none of the um, national identity element to it. So. The Somme is just viewed as this futile disaster um, and it's framed very much through the sacrifice and the loss of life um, rather than there being any kind of positive outcome from it. Um, In British sort of memory and uh, and identity, uh, the First World War is is the bad war. It's it's this futile conflict that didn't achieve anything. The Second World War is the good war. Um, So you get a very different uh, perspective on the two conflicts. Yeah, and th- the film itself was released in 1981, which is six years after Gough Whitlam was dismissed uh, by the Governor-General. And there's a big shift in the national identity, specifically away from being a British um, nation. Do you feel like this is reflected in the film? Oh, absolutely. Um, the One of the things that, that's really notable in the film is that, that the Turks are almost entirely absent. Um, there's a couple of, of references, but the baddies in the film are the British. Um, and that comes through very clearly, sort of both in terms of the um, sort of overbearing, arrogant officers riding around on their horses with monocles in um, in, in Cairo, and then the, the bloody-minded fool of a, I think it's a colonel, who insists that they attack despite the fact that it was being a, 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 a dreadful failure. Um, and and was always bound to be, uh, certainly in the presentation of the of the film. Um, so it's it's clearly set up as a narrative of sort of Australians against British, um, and that's a narrative you see uh, more broadly in in this type of thing. And I think you see similar kinds of imagery in in other films like The Water Diviner, um, and 
even down to, to some of the, the early commemoration, um, how you see Gallipoli reframed almost uh, within Australian consciousness as the Australians and the Turks against the Brits, which is, is kind of a funny way in which it's viewed, but, but I do feel that that, that is, is often true. Yeah, and that, and that comes across in the film. Um, and, and finally, you teach at ADVA, obviously, and you interact with trainee officers frequently. Do you see any of the themes or ideas promulgated in this film in their day-to-day interactions or the way they interact with you? So I think there's, there's elements of uh, the identity that, that I guess people would like to try and draw out, um, the, the mateship element most notably um this idea that that you sort of you do stuff and you're willing to sacrifice stuff for your mates and your friends um the uh the slightly irreverent element um certainly comes through occasionally yep. um which i i think is 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 fun and and that's sort of kind of a degree of what you want um certainly i guess in in your your engagement with the academics even if not in your engagement with your chain of command mm-hmm. um but i guess the um the other thing which comes out and which perhaps on a, a slightly less positive note but um the this sort of sense of of willingness to go into something blindly optimistically mm. um which i think is is perhaps a a, a trademark of youth as much as anything else um but obviously we all know when you look at the film um that it's going to be uh, a sort of a disastrous failure and everyone's going to die and that's kind of where the narrative of the film is obviously going and yet archie is mark lee's character is so um optimistic the entire time right up to the moment when he effectively when he dies um, that I, th- I think that's part of what they're, they're trying to play with. Um, and I, I, I think that there is... It's part of the, the sort of... One of the, the great issues around sort of youth and soldiers and everything else. Um, uh, so I think there is, there's always an element of that. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you very much for the discussion. No, thank you. Um, I hope you enjoyed the film, despite uh, <laughs> all the historical inaccuracies. But yeah, thank you very much.